following is a recording of a sermon given at All Saints Lutheran Church in Ottawa, Canada. For additional messages and more information, visit allsaintslutheran.ca. Hello everyone, this is Pastor Alan Gilman from All Saints Lutheran Church with the message for December the 20th, 2020. This week, we are, our Advent theme is joy, and my prayer is that somehow what I'll share with you in this message will unlock Christmas joy like never before. I've entitled this sermon, Happy Days Are Here Again, and uh, actually, they've never really left, and that's what I want to share with you. Now, I know as you're listening or watching this, you may not be feeling very happy. You may not be feeling very joyful, and I know some people think that joy is not a feeling. We're going to talk about that in a minute, of uh, what re- what biblical joy really is, what biblical happiness really is, and how we have access to incredible joy, incredible happiness, not only at this time of year, but all the time. I'll explain as we go along. And so what I'm going to do is we're going to be looking at at one of the versions of the Christmas story, the one from the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 1. 2 verses 1 through 20, then we're going to focus on a couple of verses and we'll take it from there. So I'm going to read Luke chapter 2 verses 1 through 20 and then we'll pray. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee from the town of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it has been told them. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for this magnificent story. Help us, Lord, to connect with with the story, its meaning, and with you like never before. Guide us in your word at this time. In Jesus' name, amen. So what I'd like to do is focus on verses 10 and 11. I'll read them again. 
And the angel said to them, that's the angel said to the shepherds, fear not for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. We're going to look at these verses a little more closely, and then I'm going to explain some of the things that keep us from really connecting with the great joy that was proclaimed on that day. So, first of all, here are these shepherds. They're the very low on the social scale in ancient Israel, and they see this angel, the heavenly messenger, appear to them, and they're they're afraid. And so they're told, like is often told people in the Bible when they have experiences like this, fear not. And the Greek word for fear is where we derive the English word phobia. And it's the kind of thing that when you experience it makes you want to run away from the situation that that you're in. And so obviously they would want to run away from what they were experiencing here, even though they were shepherds and had to take care of their sheep. Uh, and they're, they're told, you know, don't, don't, you don't have to feel that way because I'm bringing you good news, uh, says the angel. And while this word, don't be afraid to, was for the shepherds in that situation where they were having this visitation from this heavenly being that was terrifying them while that was specifically for them there's something about the do not fear for i'm bringing good news of great joy that will be for all the people it's a message for everyone you don't have to be afraid whatever that thing is you're afraid of there's some good news for you today because of the good news that was brought to the shepherds on that day about 2000 years ago and so the angel says, don't be afraid for I bring you good news. And I've, I've mentioned this before. If you've heard my messages, the Greek word for good news is actually one word. It's one word in Greek, yangelion. It's where we get evangelical and evangelism from. And it means in Greek, good news. It's a compound word, one word that means good news. And it's packed with meaning. It was packed with meaning for the Jewish world, and it was packed with meaning for the the Roman world. And it's possible that these shepherds understood what this meant. Now, what the shepherds heard, either in Aramaic, which is the commonly spoken language of the Jewish people in the first century, or it might have been in Hebrew. Uh, Either way, it would point them back to Isaiah chapter 52, verse 7, where Isaiah the prophet is speaking and is talking about that uh, the good news that's coming to the people of Israel is that God will one day reign over them in the way that he should. And that was connected with the coming of the Messiah, which is what this proclamation is all about. The Jewish people had been waiting for hundreds of years for this great king, deliverer, to come to them. There's much that they didn't understand, but they did understand the the core truth that this great king, a descendant of, of King David, would come and rescue them from their enemies for good and would bring about incredible radical changes even to the creation. This is what they were expecting. And these shepherds were being told by the angel that that time has come. They didn't know they were the first to hear of it, but they were one of the first because Mary and Joseph already knew something when they had been visited by angels. Uh, that 
here was one of the first people to hear this proclamation that the time that they'd been long expecting was now. And and uh, so in, in in Hebrew, the in the original uh, passage in Isaiah, it's simply good news. In the Greek-speaking world, the term yangelion had more of a technical meaning in, in that it was a proclamation about Caesar. It was a special kind of good news, usually about the emperor, a victory, his birthday, a celebration, something like that. And so for the Jewish people, yangelion, good news, was a reference to the coming of the Messiah. In the Greek-speaking world, uh, many of whom would be reading this story, Yangelion had this extra punch that it was a proclamation that Jesus was Lord and Caesar was not, that the great king of all kings had come, and he'd come to bring goodness and life. And so certainly a Yangelion, good news is, would be of great joy, which is what this is about. So we have good news of great joy. And in the Greek, it, we could we could sort of translate it to English as mega joy, mega joy. That's what great joy is. Now, this word joy has uh, been, I think, mangled by a, a, a lot of a lot of Bible teachers, as if it's different from the the word happiness. I've talked about this before, but it's important to say it here. So in Greek, the idea here is mega joy, great joy. And, and sadly, a lot of people have separated the concept of joy, which is hara in Greek, from the concept of happiness. Uh, hara is actually effervescent joy. It's... When you're commanded to have this joy, it's, we're called to rejoice, it's to celebrate. And for some reason, many people have separated biblical joy from the the other English word to be happy, um, as if there are two different concepts, but they're actually, biblically, they're not. Uh, so what, what people have done, and I'm actually... Uh, I was recommended a book recently where this writer, I'm not too sure where they are with uh, their biblical understanding of these things, but his whole thesis in this book is that happiness and joy are two separate experiences. Happiness is this superficial, superficial fleeting thing based on our feelings, while joy is this deep down sense of, of, of joy, of, of, I don't really know, and I'm really concerned. Like one of my favorite hymns, even back when I was a kid, we used to sing some hymns in in public school a long time ago in Montreal. And I remember, joyful, joyful, we adore thee. It's a great hymn, the great words, but you could see how joyful, joyful doesn't connect with happy. Now, there is superficial happiness in the world. There's there's those fleeting moments of happiness and and people will will take substances to feel happy and and we like experiences that make us feel happy in the moment and we wish we can hold on to those happy moments, but there's a greater happiness that is really that that sense of well-being, that sense of positiveness, that happiness is all about, that everything is 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 okay, and if or everything's gonna be okay, and it's affecting me emotionally, and there's reason to celebrate because of this experience. Well, if anything, 
biblical joy, this great joy proclaimed to the shepherds that day is the world's happiness uh, magnified. And it's a lasting thing that we could experience when it when we read in the book of Nehemiah, the joy of your of the Lord is your strength, speaking to people who are being discouraged and they were upset. And he's, and he's telling them, no, be happy in the Lord. That's going to give you the, the fizz of life that you need to keep going. Uh, there's a sense which, you know, biblical joy, as I've studied this, is, is the sort of thing where uh, no matter what's going on, there under our breath there should almost be a little giggle because we we are the the children of the great King who has risen from the dead, so that no matter how bad things are, we know that He is with us. And I'm going to talk about that a little more as we go along. So let, let's get back to this. My main point is that because of this message, we should be ecstatically happy. And even more so than the shepherds, because we know so much more than they did on that day. And it, we're told that, uh, that the angel, he says to them, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Now, in the Greek, all the people is panti to lao, all the people, literally all the people. So some people think that it's only for particular people. But from what I understand from the Greek grammar, Greek grammar tends to use the definite article, the, differently than how we use it in English. And it, the way it works grammatically, it seems it simply means for all people. For It's not for just particular people. It's not just for the people that get the message. It's great. It's, it's good news of great joy for all people. However, not everybody connects with the message. It's potentially for everyone, everyone who who hears of this message, embraces this message, and allows the message or or allows themselves to connect with this message, it is a message of mega joy, of great celebratory happiness. Well, let's take a few moments and look at why we don't necessarily or people for whom this message is for, why we don't all connect with the message as we should. Well, the first reason why people don't connect with this message is they simply haven't heard it. They don't know the message. And at that time, the shepherds knew. Mary and Joseph had some inkling. There are some magi wise men who are going to be, they're on their way to seek for the birth of this, of this special king. How much they understood, we don't know. But most people didn't know. And today, uh, millions of people, billions of people still don't know. And so if you don't know, you can't celebrate. And so that's the first reason why uh, people don't connect with the this joyful message. Another reason for not connecting with it is some people don't want it. We know, if you know this, the whole Christmas story, you know when the wise men came in the book of Matthew, uh, Herod, King Herod heard of it. He knew, he knew that the special king was being born, had been born in Bethlehem. And what did he do? He ordered the slaughter of all the uh, children two years of age and under, just to make sure that that he destroyed the the true messianic king. And so a lot of people, they don't want this message because this message really threatens 
uh, the establishment, people that want things to continue the way they are. They want their lives to stay the way they are because in order to connect with this message, we have to accept that something some something really big has come that changes everything. And the coming of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, changes everything because he's inaugurating, he's bringing into this current age what the Bible refers to as the age to come. And life in the, on planet Earth is not the same as it was before he came. Now, it might not feel that way to you, but that's because and, and often it doesn't feel that way to me because we're not connecting with it as we should. Now, another reason for not connecting with it is we may not understand the message. We might hear the message, but not understand it. Many Jewish people in the first century saw Jesus. They saw what he did. They heard what he was talking about. But they were expecting the Messiah to come and and remove the Roman oppression, to relieve the people of Israel from the Roman occupation. And in the moment that he would come, that he would bring in the age to come and usher in the judgment and the resurrection of the dead and make all things right again on planet Earth. And God would reign as king from that moment on. They didn't understand that he had to come and die for our sins and rise from the dead first. And we don't understand that. That's just one example of the various ways we may not understand uh, what the gospel message of mega joy is really all about. And so if we're expecting Jesus to do things that he had not come to do or had not yet come to do, we're not going to connect with with the message. There's other details that we may not uh, understand about this message of the gospel. We may not take righteousness serious enough. Jesus came to teach us the right way of God. Well, if we're going to want the message of the gospel on our own terms and do life in the way that we want to do and not the way that he wants us to do it, we're going to be pretty disappointed. The the thing that's really tragic here is that when we accept the ways of God that Jesus wants to bring to us and live life his way, he leads us in a way of mega joy, great happiness. Another thing we may not understand is like we might, okay, we know the story, we might understand some of its details, but if we're not going to allow God to nurture our lives through reading the Bible, praying regularly, and fellowshipping with like-minded believers, we're going to find ourselves kind of drying up and not blossoming in the way that our lives should. We may not understand that life is a battle. Uh, We might think, well, if First of all, a lot of us think that the whole uh, thing about Jesus coming and believing in him and all the rest all has to do with the future. And one day we're all going to get to go to heaven. Believers are going to get to go to heaven and we got our ticket. That's what it's all about. And that might make you make you happy, but it's not going to enable you to deal with the with the challenges of life that we experience now. Life is a battle and Jesus is calling us into that battle. And we have the opportunity to fight a joyful battle as we as we struggle alongside him in, in confronting the darkness and the evil of our day. But if if we think we're just supposed to sit back and let God do whatever he wants to do, and we got we just watch and wait, and that's all, um, we're not going to experience the mega joy that he wants for our lives. 
some of us may not understand that connecting with the mega joy message of the good news requires repentance. Um, that we need to turn from our ways of doing things and turn to God's ways of doing things. Uh, also, we may not understand that we have to trust him. Now, we use the word faith, but very often, and I've, I've, I will continue saying this, I've said it before and I'll say it again, that both in the in the Hebrew, the Old Testament, and the Greek, and the New Testament, the words in the original that we translate faith actually means trust. It's not simply an acknowledgement of something you know, we say, oh, I have faith in Jesus without even knowing what it means. It means we're putting our lives in his hands. Have you put your life in Jesus' hands? Are you trusting him? And sometimes that means to stop complaining. If we trust him, then we know that not only will things be all right, but that he's with us now. He's with us now. Are we just, are we going to trust him? If we don't trust him, then we don't really believe in him. So it's time to start believing in him, which means to trust him. And that's how we will connect with the mega joy message that he has come. Also, another thing we might misunderstand is, is, is sometimes we think that, you know, we're God's children and we get to do whatever we want. And, and basically we get to act as overlords. You may not use that kind of term, but do we understand that we've been called to be servants? And this is a reconnection to our original calling all the way in Genesis chapter 1 when we, we were put on planet Earth to take care of it and to take care of the affairs of planet Earth in the name of God, not do our own thing, but to hear his voice and do his will in serving him and serving other people. And then some people, sadly, their understanding of the gospel is so twisted that we think that if we do everything the way God wants to do, then it ensures a worldly kind of success. There is a success and a prosperity promise to God's children who put their trust in him, but it's going to be success on his terms, prosperity on his terms. That's a life of true blessing and making a true difference in the world. And, and and things may not go the way we expect them to go, but if we're truly walking with God and, and allowing him to do what he wants to do in our, our lives, then we can actually have a lot of fun. And I know it's not all fun, but there's an, a kind of a, an anticipation, an excitement, and a, and a, and a, a sense of, of that we're involved in doing the right things in the right way alongside with our Father God. And, and when we do that, we could be really happy. Another thing we might misunderstand is the process, that the process that we go can be painful. Now, for some of us, experiencing pain and knowing happiness seems that that must, those are contradictory. But, you know, I know the feeling, maybe you've experienced this, like when I've had a serious sickness, as soon as I have a sense that I'm getting better, even if I'm still feeling lousy, all of a sudden I get really happy. Call that joy if you want to and you get serious about it. But I get really happy. All of a sudden the bounce reappears in my life and that's not because i i've uh, the bounce came back physically it's that um and it's not just that i turned on a better attitude there's some hope came in and and when the hope met my consciousness even though i felt bad i felt happy 
And there's something about knowing who God is and what he has done and what he will do and what he's doing in our lives right now that should make us really happy. In fact, James says at the beginning of his letter, chapter 1, verses 2 to 4, he writes, count it all joy. By the way, this is the passage that really began to get me. A couple of years ago, I was studying through James um, and uh, this really got me because the word hara means happiness. So it's like, it's like, get happy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. What? For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Now, perhaps you don't want to grow in the Lord. Like you actually don't care. Well, you're missing out on a lot. But if we actually wanted to be built up in God and become the mature followers of the Lord Jesus as we should, we're actually, this is actually hard for me because I'm not actually this way. When we experience hardships, we should really get happy because God's working in our lives to make us more and more like Jesus. So if when we believe that difficulties is truly for our benefit, we can endure it gladly. This is for my good. Not just this is for my good, but this is really for my good. Do we want joy slash happiness on our terms or on God's terms? If it's on our terms, we're going to be miserable and we'll just experience momentary, fleeting, superficial happiness. But if we want to uh, experience joy and happiness, which is the same thing, on God's terms, then we can really be happy no matter what we're facing in life. Um, and it, the thing about on our own terms, it's amazing that, that what a lot of us want is, is we want to abuse ourselves and abuse others and think that we're going to be okay. That's, that's insanity. And yet, Many of us, the happiness that we want requires living life in a really bad way. And it's it's not, you know, when God tells us the things that we shouldn't be doing, the things that we should be doing because it's for our good, it's because he designed human beings to function a certain way. He knows how we're supposed to to, to live and relate to one another. And and then we want to do things on our own terms and wonder, and wonder why we're still miserable, happy for a few moments, and then yet still miserable. We need to connect with God's way of living, which he's revealed in his word. And so if we do life God's way and will and live life on his terms, we can experience true, lasting happiness. I want to read Isaiah 43 verses 1 to 3. This is, if we will allow ourselves to connect with this, it should wonderfully overwhelm us. I'm reading Isaiah 43, verses 1 to 3, just the first half of verse 3. But now, thus says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. So, this is saying, whatever hard times you go through, God is saying, I will be with you. That uh, when you um, that we go through 
waters, they're not going to overwhelm you. When you go through fire, you will not be burned. Now, this is a way of saying that whatever hard times you go through, they will not completely destroy your life. That doesn't mean you're never going to experience burns. Maybe somebody's watching this that has scars from, from terrible burns. You've been burned. You loved God. You trusted God. But the, the message here is you will go through hard times, but the the master of the universe is going to walk you through them and they will not completely destroy your life. What a message that is if we're willing to accept it. Uh, interesting, my um, early on with the uh, the COVID um, restrictions, in fact, I, I think my doctor said this, and maybe I've said this already to you. Um, some of you may have heard this live or or on one of these videos, um, but it was I think it was before the restrictions happened in our region in in March. I was talking to my doctor, and he's and he said with regard to what he was seeing happening, with the decisions the governments and health officials were making, that he said that these policies was the response of a secular society to such a crisis, and there and I've been seeing this that many of the the, the messaging, many of the tactics trying to get a handle on the COVID crisis is the, the workings out of a society that has completely rejected God. Instead of understanding that life is on planet Earth is broken because of sin, and God has given of himself, especially through the coming of the Lord Jesus, the message that the, the shepherds heard that day, that God has given himself into our mess and is willing to walk with us in the mess. And that um, the hardships that we experience now are nothing compared to what life will be like when the, we welcome the Lord back to planet Earth. And if we know him, we will live forever with him in 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 wondrous uh, of a joy, a happiness that we can only get a small taste, big, small taste of now. And so as we deal with the difficulties, be it COVID, uh, be it the restrictions due to COVID, be due to other things that we face uh, in life, if we would only know that God is walking with us. So, so here we are, you know, many of us, we've heard the gospel. Many of us understand, or at least it's core detail at a basic level. We, we understand the need to repent and trust in the Lord. We might even be willing to submit to God's will uh, in, in our lives. And yet we still struggle. And why do we still struggle? Why do we not know the kind of happiness, the kind of joy that God really wants for us? Well, I could speak for myself, but I think it applies to many of us. The, the, one of the biggest things that gets in the way of experience, experiencing God's happiness is we're distracted. It's like what happened to Peter. Peter saw Jesus walking on the water. He said, let me walk on the water. Jesus calls him out on the water. He starts walking on the water. Whoa, he's walking on the water. And then the winds and the waves scare him. He gets distracted. He takes his eyes off the Lord and he begins to sink. And I think this is what I've experienced time and time again. You've heard me tell the story about how when I came to the Lord prior to it, I was having panic attacks. Um, I'd become quite depressed as a, as a, as a, in my later teens, 
and I was having panic attacks every day, uncontrollable panic attacks. And then I met this other a Jewish young person. Uh, I was in Montreal. He had, was visiting from the Los Angeles, California area. And he told me about the prophecies in the Old Testament. It was the very first time I ever heard that. And he, he told me of my need to confess my sins, to ask God to forgive me of my sins, and to ask Jesus into my heart and life. And I did that September the 3rd, 1976. And the panic attacks stopped. I changed. My whole outlook on life changed. I had become truly happy. And I remained that way for about three months. And then when that, when I started struggling with anxiety again, um, I assumed, well, actually trying much later looking back on how come I lost all that joy slash happiness, um, I tended to think that I was God was now teaching me some serious lessons and I was dealing with issues in my life that I, I I was ignoring and I was going from kind of like being a little baby believer and, and it was so novel now I was be, getting mature and more serious but I didn't realize that actually what was happening was is I was getting distracted like Peter my eyes were be, were turning to myself and my problems and not on the Lord. And I've that's still a struggle. Well, it doesn't matter that it's a struggle. And I can't use this that it's a struggle as an excuse. I need to get my eyes on the Lord. I need to believe what He's telling me to believe. I need to truly trust in Him. I have to not be distracted by COVID and other things. If I need to deal with the COVID issue, I'll deal with the COVID issue. And may I deal with it with God's wisdom, not worldly wisdom. God's wisdom. I need to be trusting in his word, keep my eyes on him and not let the distractions of life get me down. And so, happy days are here again. Happy days are here again. I was thinking of playing that song, but that's all you're going to get. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. God has come to earth and God has given of himself to be with us in all the things that we experience in life, we have every reason to be happy. We have every reason to, to, to celebrate. We need to accept Jesus for who he is and we need to turn to him. We need to trust in him. Stop fighting him. Wrestle through your issues like Jacob did. And we wrestle with him by, we grab hold to him because he loves us. And we hold on to him until he blesses us. And, and we need to keep going to him and going to him. If we have issues that we're facing that we don't know how to solve, he has the answers. He has the wisdom to give us. And he wants to give, give it to us, but we need to hold on to him and not turn to other things. Now, there are some people who might be watching or listening to this, you're dealing with some serious issues. You're dealing with some serious problems. And if, and uh, you may not know who to turn to. You might be clinically depressed. You might have um, some chemical imbalances in your brain that are causing you to be um, anxious, causing you to be depressed. If you need help, you need to get help. And, and don't put yourself down. God wants to heal you. I don't know how he's going to heal you, but he wants to heal you. He wants you to know his joy. He wants you to know his happiness. And if you don't know who to turn to, please email me at pastor at allsaintslutheran.ca. I may not have 
the answers that you need. But I will do my best to find you someone who you could go to, talk to, to help you with whatever challenges you're facing in your life at this time. If you have never known the happiness that is ours in Jesus, I I invite you, turn to him today. Tell him that you've blown it in your life. Confess your sins to him. Ask him to forgive you. Ask him to come in and take control of your life, and he will. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you that we have good news of great joy to proclaim to the world. Father, we thank you that you want to bring life and light and happiness to our lives. Lord, even when we go through hard times, there's a reality of that happy joy, the mega joy that you want us to have. And may we know that in these days like never before. Please, Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So whatever it is, you have any comments or questions, please email me at pastor at allsaintslutheran.ca and looking forward to seeing you either in person or through uh, these video recordings real soon. God bless you, especially over this holiday time. Thank you for listening. For additional messages and more information, please visit us on the web at allsaintslutheran.ca. Thank you.